My name is Stephen King. The ice is gonna break! Hi, and welcome to episode zero of the KingCast. My name is Eric Vespi, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Scott Wampler. How is everybody doing today? <laughs> I'm doing hear. good. I, I assume you're talking to me, not, not yeah, to the, anybody listening. I don't know why I'm... Because they, they can't talk back. Right. I, don't, I don't know why I'm addressing an audience that I cannot see. Uh, and hopefully we have an audience, but I think we will. Well, well, I'll definitely listen to it, but I have to because I'm editing it. So I'm not going to listen. Uh, uh, yeah, we're doing this uh, crazy Stephen King podcast, and and uh, I, I, which is, uh, I think, pretty appropriate considering that's one of the things that we kind of bonded over when we first met. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Mr. Wampler or myself, uh, we are both, uh, I don't know, what would you call us, blogging monkeys? I would call us uh, veterans of the content minds. We have <laughs> yes. we have been uh, film bloggers and in and around the the film industry for um, well, I'm I'm a decade in. I think you're two decades in. Is that correct? Oh yeah, no, I've Jesus. been been at this this crazy thing since the internet was just a little baby and and full of wonder and potential, and then grew up to be the the madhouse that it is now. Yeah, I think um, I met you in high school actually, or like thereabouts. Oh. Which is really fucking weird, but yeah, that's that is how we uh, ultimately um, uh, found one another and bonded is that we're both uh, real big Stephen King fans. But our our backgrounds are that we we are film blogger types. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. we're 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 two of the good ones. I think that's important. Um, yeah, <laughs> so 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 I started uh, writing about movies in ninety seven ninety eight ish. I was still in high school. Um, uh, but I wrote for a website called ain't it cool news that, uh, uh, was one of the pioneer movie sites that this was, you know, back, back in the, the good old days when, you know, I don't know, there was like the space jam website, I think was up and AOL and, yes. and, uh, and a bunch of message boards. And that, that was about it. The days um, when everyone watched movie trailers on, on QuickTime. That's right. Then about. And, and those are my fucking cats going crazy, which you might be actually hearing a lot of as we record since we are uh, in the, I don't know, the end days, the the Captain Trips era. So everybody's recording from home and uh, my uh, uh, my asshole cats will be determined to fight only when I am starting to uh, record this. That reminds um, me, if anyone hears at any point in the recording of these episodes, <laughs> like... Uh, uh, an old man begging to be uh, let out of his crate in the background of my audio that uh, you're mishearing that. That's not correct. I don't have. Yeah, it. that's actually from my stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we wouldn't do something like that. You're imagining it. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so I wrote for Any Cool for for 20 ish years and kind of grew up. I had a little bit of an almost famous style rise being this like high school kid that was going and doing set visits and interviewing, you know, big name people. And, and, uh, unfortunately I didn't, uh, lose my virginity in a, in a threesome, but, uh, uh, you know, that's the movies, the movies lie to you folks. Yeah. So that, that was kind of my, my, uh, uh, my background. I, uh, ran 
ended up running that site for the last eight, seven, eight-ish years of, of uh, me being there. And then I left and am now a freelance guide uh, making ends meet as as, uh, as most of my colleagues in this industry are. Scott is not, though. He gets to actually uh, uh, be a good a working man. Yes, I am. I am currently employed. Um, I started off. I started off working for a content farm, which I applied to uh, while I was shit faced drunk one night, and they accepted my submission because clearly uh, quality control was not a big thing at that time. And I got hired out of that content farm to work for Collider. Uh, I did that for several years, and then I got. Uh, a little bit poached out of there to work for uh, what was at the time Badass Digest and uh, Meredith Borders, who I imagine you're going to hear something from on this show at some point, uh, brought me out of Collider to work there. That site ultimately became Birth Movies Death, and I am now the managing editor of, of that website. We were owned by the Alamo Draft House for many years. And uh, we were recently sold off, much like an old sofa that anyone, uh, someone didn't want anymore, to the good folks at Cinestate, who also own Fangoria. So, never heard of them. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, a great horror magazine headed up by our our good friend, Mister Phil Nabil Jr. He's the editor in chief over there. Also works with Meredith. So, um, recent events, uh, thanks to the ongoing pandemic, have. Uh, unexpectedly brought me back into a working environment with with both Phil and and Meredith and we've been discussing this show for a long time we I, I think you and I went out to eat uh like a it seems like a fucking year ago now <laughs> and and you pitched me this idea and I was all in and I had a number of margaritas and then we got started on it but it's taken a long time to um I don't know. It's taken a long time to get it started for various reasons, but the the pandemic did give us all the reason we needed to, you know, really go balls out with it and and start recording apps and and here we are. Yeah. Well, we should uh, talk a little bit about what the show is going to be. I think that the instinct for people that are kind of bored and at home is like, oh, we'll just uh, you know bullshit about something that that uh, we can all relate to and that we all have a knowledge of. Um, And there is that, but we also, you know, thought it would be really fun to bring in a lot of other like minds. And so I believe it or not, there's, there's a lot of people in in the industry that, uh, uh, that we've run into over the years that are huge Stephen King nerds. So I think that became the kernel of, of the show. So. Oh, totally. The way the show works is that every episode is going to focus on a different Stephen King uh, novel or short story, as well as the adaptation that it inspired. So each episode then becomes sort of a kind of a, a, a combination of a, a book club and a, a movie review show uh, within the context of, of King's career. Uh, the, the hook is that we are letting our guests decide whichever adaptation they want to talk about. And that's been really exciting because, uh, as we've pitched people on this show, everyone has a specific King thing that they really want to talk about. And, and people have been, people have really, uh, responded to it. No. Yeah. Well, and it, it's been, what's been really great is that we kind of had our ideas of like, Oh, these are going to be the big, 
King stories that people are going to want to talk about. And uh, that's not really been the case. We've had some left wing or left wing out of left field. <laughs> We've had some, a lot of left wing lunatics come on the show. Uh, they, well, they, to a certain <laughs> segment of the population. Popula- <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is not a right leaning show at all. <laughs> But we've had a lot of uh, kind of outlier titles uh, picked already. I mean, at the time of this recording, we have, what, seven? Six episodes. We have six episodes in the can. We have this this idea of like, oh, most people are going to want to talk about It or The Shining or Carrie, you know, just the the big titles um, out there. And uh, we we have covered uh, at least one of those so far uh but we're we're getting some very interesting stuff i we we are going to cover stuff like cycle of the werewolf and hearts Mm -hmm. in atlantis and uh uh you know as well as some of the bigger titles and those conversations have been you know oddly the most the most revealing of uh because those are the ones that mean the most to the people that that have come on the show and uh, and so that's become one of the big surprises of this for me was, I mean, I knew that, that you know, you, Scott, were obsessed with King and I knew I was obsessed with King, you know, and we both knew from an early age we were obsessed. But I, you know, I maybe I just took for granted our obsession and didn't think that it would be everybody's experience. And that seems to be what, you know, what we're running into, at least with the, the people we've gotten on the show so far. Well, King is an icon, you know, and uh, his his reach and his uh, his fan base extends so far and wide. Like even people that we have talked to that are like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not really a King expert. Even those people have like the King thing they want to talk about. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's funny seeing um, how would you put it? Like it's, it's like an experiment that has resulted in unexpected findings to me. Hmm. Because there, there keep being like little hallmarks that pop up in conversation with the people we've talked to, like, like just, just to throw out an example, uh, a thing we keep hearing as, as, as we talk to people is that, well, this was my first King book and I picked it because I really like the cover. It turns out <laughs> uh, cover art for Stephen King books in like the mid to late eighties into the mid nineties was a huge selling point. So if any publishers are listening to this, um, go back to painted covers because that created a, apparently an entire generation of fucking Stephen King fans that might not have picked up the books. Otherwise, you know, I, I think they might've looped back around because King is such an institution, but, um, that's been a really cool thing to hear. Like what everyone's favorite cover was or, or what, what it was that, that drew them in. There's there's parallels between almost every guest we've we've talked to so far, and um, it's just been really cool to hear. Yeah, and and I think it'll be it'll be fun um, as we dive into more episodes. You know, just seeing what threads emerge. Um, another thing that's been a very common thing is. I think all but one of our guests started reading King at an absurdly young age. Yes. Um, in, including us, I believe. Yeah. Like I, I read uh, Cujo in, in sixth grade and, and you'll hear the story pop up a couple of times. So I won't uh, repeat it uh, 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 verbatim here, but you know, that, that seems to be a very common thing is like, Oh yeah, my mom had a copy of X, Y, and Z. And so I read that when I was seven years old and it's, you know, 
Yeah, everyone was reading King way too early. Like, yeah. and, and you know, no one, uh, I, I don't think anyone really understood what they were reading, but they were reading and reading kind of seems like a dying art at this point. Mm. Um, so, so it's very encouraging to me to, to talk to one person after another, who's, uh, you know, very intelligent and, and, uh, successful in within their own fields, whatever those may be, who, you know, got started out reading. They have a love of reading and, mm. And in in some cases, in many cases, in fact, it seems like like King might be responsible for that. Uh, yet another reason why uh, this guy is 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 such an icon. Yeah. Well, and it, what's even doubly interesting is is I'm not I, I'm I was a book kid when I was younger. Like I read obsessively. You know, that was my outsider. Uh, you know, uh, uh, status. Like I, I, I wasn't, I grew up the, you know, I was a fat kid, but I wasn't the, I wasn't particularly bullied, you know, harder than, than many other, you know, kids. I don't, I don't have a, a Henry Bowers in my life. Um, the, <laughs> you that I gang bang your way out of it. Like, in it- uh, well, I did, but that has nothing to do with, <laughs> with the bullies. Um, yeah. So I, but like, that's, I, I still wasn't, you know, my friends were adults when I was a kid. Like that's, that's kind of where I, I had some sure. kid friends, of course, but like, I was always that kid that like would talk to an adult at, at a, at a kid's birthday party. You know, it's like that, that's just the way, the way I was wired. So, you know, my summers were exciting for me, not because I wanted to go out and exercise and, you know, soak up the sun. It was because I got to, you know, spend like every day just reading um uh but that said i was also the, a movie guy like that that was my you know right my right. passion is film um and uh uh even back then it was too um now it's a little bit more film centric and i don't read as much as i i uh, probably should but uh that's also what's interesting about king is that you know, my love of cinema is kind of what hooked me into the written world word. And that's another thing that's popping up. There's a lot of people that watched a mo- one of these movies first, and that's what got them into the books. And, um, the, you know, for a lot of these people, um, we have actors and directors and writers, um, that have guested so far and all of them, you know, obviously have a passion for film and a passion for this written word. And that's, you know, that's what's almost unique to King is they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, you look at somebody like Michael Crichton has had a ridiculous amount of his stuff adapted into the movies, but he didn't have the same, he wasn't as famous. Like, you know, King, King made himself, you know, the Hitchcock of the, of, of novels, you know, he, he became like you, you said an icon, like a brand, um, you know, you know, his name, you know, his face, and that's not true, you know, of, of, uh, most writers. Right. And certainly not, you know, uh, a lot of other people in the, in the horror writing community, I think, you know, like maybe the, maybe the next step below King is what Koontz. I just, uh, I want, I, I want to make a play. Yeah. Right now we will not be discussing Dean Koontz on this show. Period. <laughs> you never have to worry about queuing up an episode of the show and hearing us talk about fucking phantoms or or whatever. You know, that's a, a solemn promise that I will make to all of our listeners right now. Well, and I also promise to bring up his name in jest at least uh, two or three times every oh, yes. <laughs> know, five or six episodes. We we might drag Dean Koontz, um, but 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 certainly uh, this is not a celebration of his work. That's the no, I mean, you know. And, and- in terms of horror writers, I mean, 
I, I honestly, Clive Barker, I think is the only one that comes close to yeah. like his face having been out there at the time. Um, but like, no, I mean, there's just, there's nobody Barker is like, like it. Barker is so, you know, I, I, I came to Barker specifically because of Stephen King. Yeah. You know, like he, he yeah, King, King, Barker to me, not personally, but he did it on book covers and interviews. Yeah. What he's and like, stuff. I've seen the future of horror and his name is Clyde Barker or yeah, something. Yeah they, yeah. they got a lot out of that. A lot of mileage <laughs> out of that pull quote. I think it was on, um, shit. What was that one? Uh, the damnation game that mm. I, I remember that being on the, on the cover of the damnation game. And, um, you talk about like reading something too young. I think I read that one when I was like 12 and, you know, Barker's, Barker's like the like the the S and M gritty underside of King. You know, it's just it's a little it's a little skeevy, but but uh, you know that, you know that's why I like it. But King is, um, and I think I've made this comparison on the show uh, a couple of times, and so it'll come up again. But but King is sort of the Bruce Stinks, Bruce Springsteen of um, American horror. You know, a lot of Americana, uh, very, very relatable, um, blue collar. Uh, that's the sort of feeling I get when I read King. And and I think that's that's partially why people have responded to his, his stuff so much. It's it's universal. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's definitely what I responded to when I was a kid, because he has these these great big concepts. Right. Mm-hmm. You know killer killer clown that can be whatever monster you can you can imagine you know rabid dog these great like simple hooks and then he fleshes them out in sometimes you know biblical <laughs> you know length <laughs> stories <laughs> yeah uh you know where you kind of get to you you settle into a world and you settle into um uh these characters and you kind of view them as, as your friends i mean i know that's the feeling that i uh, i get whenever i uh read the stand or it you know um you just kind of get into this, I don't know, comfort with these people and, and you get into the, you understand them and you understand who they are and, and they become real. They, they jump off the page uh, in a way that I, I just don't know of any other, you know, popular writer in, in our modern era, at least that, that has uh, right. come anywhere close to that. Totally. And you, you know, the, the mention of biblical length, even that I think plays into my greater theory of Stephen King for being, you know, an American icon. Uh, what yeah. is more, what is more American? What is more iconic than the idea of ex- excess and needing an editor a little bit? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like going on a, a little too long, but you know, you still love it. Um, what was your, what was your first King book? I think you're going to, you're going to tell, you're going to end up telling the story a couple of times on the show, but yeah, uh, always. Um, yeah, no, I, I, my mom was a big Stephen King fan. And so I, I remember seeing kind of being, seeing the, the hardcover for the stand mm-hmm. a lot and just kind of being intimidated by this big book and with that weird, you know, cover the that Luke Skywalker looking guy and he's fighting yeah. like a fucking like plague mask dude. Yeah. 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 Like a, I always, like a bird man, you know, I always associated that character you know i mean i guess he's supposed to represent flag but with uh new orleans he looks like a fucking jester mask or something yeah but, but plague mask I, I like that one better especially for the stand yeah it, and it yeah it, it it definitely intrigued me but um you know like i said i was a movie kid first so i i'm pretty sure i watched cujo first um and <clears throat> i think it was like screening on cable nonstop when you know in the late 80s and i uh 
So I saw the movie and I remember I picked up my mom's uh, paperback of um, uh, of Cujo and it, and it had a, a, a we talk about the cover. It was a crazy cover with a, a you know, snarling dog snout, you know, illustrated on it. And uh, and I, I remember having the thought in my mind that this is like I can read an adult book now because I've seen the movie. So I. I can read this and I know what the characters are. And even if I don't recognize some of the words, like, uh, you know, through context clues, you know, I would understand. And, um, and so I, I remember more than reading the book, I remember, um, taking it to school and it, the book fit perfectly in my pencil box (laughs) in sixth grade. And so I, I felt like I was hiding, like I was smuggling in some contraband that they didn't know that, that I had, that I had this, you know, adult violent, you know, book with bad words and sex in it. And a guy like the, my, my main memory of Cujo is, um, it's like a three page scene in the, in the book, but, uh, the, the guy like goes in and like angrily, uh, jerks off on his, his ex-wife's bed or something like this is, uh, the thing that no one is talking about with, with Cujo, but somehow that like, well, probably because I was, like 11 or 12 when I read it and I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Um, yep. But no, there's a lot of that. There's, there's a short story. I, 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 there's a short story where a, like a maid fucking goes into a room and fucking yes. eats a handful of, of semen <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and like becomes pregnant from it. Yeah. And like, and, it, yeah, and I read all that, at, you know, is that one in nightmares and dreamscapes? I think so. Yeah, yeah that was what, yeah. what was in, in my mind. And I it just the there's always, the, of course, the much publicized, uh, uh, you know, finale to the it book. And, you know, and actually, <laughs> there's another one, uh, the library policeman, where it's all about like oh, this yeah. dude that rapes a kid in the library. Yeah. And it's like I, there, there's all this weird stuff that I was reading it at an age that I probably shouldn't have. But, uh, you know. But, you know, that that was kind of why King was dangerous, though. Like, I wasn't going to get a maid eating a handful of jizz in an R.L. Stein book. You right. know what I mean? So. Right. Uh, none that were published anyway. Um, yes. The, the, I, I remember I came to King. I think, you know, my mom read all the books when I was a kid. And uh, there was a point where my parents went out of town. They went to vacation in uh, Hawaii or a week or two and my grandparents on my mother's side came down to sort of watch me while they were gone. And my grandmother read, uh, eyes of the dragon to me, uh, at that age. And I knew like, this is the guy that writes the books that my mom is always watching, um, or watching reading and, uh, kind of watching. She's using her eyes a little fair. Uh, that's what I meant. And, (laughs) and that sort of blew the door wide open. And then shortly thereafter, I remember getting in trouble in school for for reading a King novel when I was like way too young. This would have been, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade, something like that. And I think that novel was The Shining. And I definitely remember being able to read it, not really able to absorb everything I was reading, but um, I got the gist enough to... Enough to know I liked it, certainly, and enough to know that uh, it was scary. And that was good enough for me. I, 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 was a, I was a morbid kid. And that is, Stephen King is directly responsible for um, any interest in reading that I've ever had. You know, uh, I, 
I, I read a lot through middle school and, and high school. I'm like you, I have sort of fallen behind on that because my, my job now is just to be reading shit all day. So when I clock out at the end of the day, the last thing I want to do is uh, pick up a, a, a novel and read it. But, but I continue to read King and uh, I, I do think I don't have kids, but if I had kids, I would absolutely be putting Stephen King books in their, in their hands at a young age. I, I think it's a, as far as gateway drugs go, I think it's pretty fucking unbeatable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just gotta, gotta choose that first one, that, that first one. Well, you don't yeah. want to, uh, you don't want to start drop an like your old with, uh, you don't want to start an eight year old off with Gerald's game. You know, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta build up. That's like a 12 year old thing. Yeah. All right. You're seven now. Here's a copy of Lysi's story. You'll love it. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to definitely want to read more after this. Yeah. I think that we should probably talk a little bit about the first episode, which is going to be, if it's not up already, when when you're listening to this, it'll be up very shortly. Um, We're kind of uh, uh, exploding out the gates with this one. We got um, Kumail Nanjiani is coming on. Uh, to talk about the running man. Um, Very exciting. You know, which, which uh, we do, I do admit is a little interesting that we're starting our Stephen King podcast off with the Richard Bachman title. Um, But, you know, it, it it led to a very interesting conversation um, about, you know, where we can like kind of, I mean, Kumail's a funny dude. So he, you know, of course we get to, you know, kind of wash ourselves in the glowing bath. that is the cheesy eighties, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle that bears almost no resemblance to right. the original Bachman title. Um, yeah, but you know, we do kind of, you know, he's also a thoughtful dude, uh, unlike us and kind of pu- pushed us into, you know, kind of a deeper discussion about, you know, what, you know, what entertainment and violence and entertainment is and, you know, where the line is. And it, it, it's actually a really, you know, great episode and, and we couldn't be prouder to, to uh, kick off the series with it. It's also indicative of the guests that we've been lining up so far. I have been just blown the fuck away by the people that, um, that are saying yes to this show and the fact that they've been responding so positively to the concept. Um, people are excited to come on and talk about the, you know, the King property that, you know, really stuck with them. And, and that's, uh, it turns out this, this format that we came up with that, that you really came up with. I, I got to give you credit for that. It's, it's yielded really exciting results. Uh, I, I'm very proud of the, the work we've done so far. And I think people are going to be hyped about it. We, we want, we want episodes to sort of be a surprise. Like we want you to be able to tune in each week and, find out it's this person talking about this thing, you know? So I don't think we want to give up the geese in, in terms of everyone that we've lined up, but uh, we do have a murderer's row of, of talent <laughs> signed up for this thing. It's, it's kind of remarkable. It, it, are there any other episodes you think we can uh, tease a little bit? Um, I would definitely say that we, sh- if you're a Dark Tower fan, that you're definitely going to want to subscribe and make oh, sure that you, yes, uh, and make sure that you're you're getting a, getting these episodes as they drop because we have a a a, a very special Dark Tower episode, mm-hmm. uh, which I think we can we can say uh, that much at least. Uh, we have a very it, 
what what's cool about it is that it's diving into an aspect that everybody is curious about, but nobody knows much about. Yeah. Is that cryptic enough or is that? Uh, no, I think that's about right. Um, yeah. And we and we have a guest that has uh, a firsthand knowledge of of this area, this floor of the tower, so to speak. That episode sort of bucks the trend or the the format of the show. You're not going to give a shit. If you care about the Dark Tower, you're going to be so excited uh, to to hear this. I, I we're going to there's going to be one off episodes like that, though. Right. You know, there's going to be every once in a while you're going to get um, you're going to get a specialty episode like that. Uh, the show is sort of designed to be a mixed bag. You know, we have filmmakers coming on as often we as, as we have comedians. And so. Some of the shows are going to be funny. Some of them are going to be more serious or thoughtful. Um, But you're going to find out when you tune in every week. And by and large, we're going to maintain that book to movie format. But every once in a while, we'll throw a curveball at you. And those are going to be really interesting. And the Dark Tower one is a is a just a full on home run. Um, Really excited for people to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of these. We can speak with confidence because we've re- we've recorded uh, a good chunk of episodes already, and so we we know that that's good. Uh, we have a a lot of really interesting people on the hook already for future episodes, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and we're also planning uh, some special bonus content that might show up on a Patreon or something like that. Right. Uh, but we'll definitely keep you guys up to. Uh, to speed on, on that as it develops. I mean, we're, we're kind of uh, figuring all this out as we're going. We just know that we, we are big uh, Stephen King nerds and we have a lot to say about the movies, about the books. And uh, we know that, that there are a lot of uh, really cool guests that have just as much, if not more to say. Um, And so hopefully the, the secret sauce, the juice is going to be us geeking out and uh, uh, you know, all together as if you are, you know, just kind of sitting here joining in in a, a Stephen King conversation with other fellow King nerds. We haven't hit a dud yet, you know, where someone didn't have something to say or we didn't have something to say. And and generally the, the history of these, you know, not only the movies, but the books is there's so much context to 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 get through. And a lot of it is really interesting. Um, this is this show is designed as a, a love letter to. Not only Stephen King, but moreover, even I think to to Stephen King fans. My hope is, my personal hope is that this is the the last Stephen podcast. Uh, Stephen Stephen podcast. I think I, it should be the last Stephen podcast. Yeah, like, la- period. No more Stevens after this. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'll go ahead and throw out my Spielberg cast uh, idea. Fuck him. He's never made a good movie. Uh, the and my my Hawking's cast. <laughs> Hawking's cast. No. Uh, it should be the last Stephen King podcast you ever need. And I, I think what we're, uh, what we're getting so far, the results are, are well on their way towards of com- uh, accomplishing that. I'm just so excited for people to hear it. Yeah, no, me too. It, it's uh, it feels like we've been carrying this, this baby and it's ready to be birthed and uh, in home delivery style, right? We're going to do it in the most fucked up way possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that means one of us needs to be decapitated for in, in order to live up to that King story. But uh, I'll take uh, I, 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 could, I could do with a decapitation. All right. I'm glad you took that bullet because I really didn't want it. Yeah, um, I've had a good run. Like, let's wrap <laughs> it up. How many days are there? You know? Well, well. Yeah, uh, look, we just did that at the same time. <laughs> time to hit the old dusty trail. Yeah. 
so I'm I'm so fucking hyped. We're at the end of this, and uh, people are about to hear it. I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be very pleased. Yeah, I hope so. Um, but for sure, whenever, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, in the parlance of our times, like and subscribe and hit smash that like button. And you can follow us on Twitter at KingCast19. Uh, some of you sneaky motherfuckers have already been signing up for this. You have your <laughs> algorithms to figure out what we've been up to. But uh, there's only like four people so far. Yeah. You guys, yeah, the- and you, you guys were the smart ones. You figured this out. But um We've been coy about it otherwise. Yeah, the other 18 were taken. We certainly didn't choose 19 for any nerdy reasons. <laughs> well, I, I wanted it to just be the King cast, but there is another the King cast. But it's like a guy with like 16 followers. I don't know what that guy's up to. Before we let you go, we wanted to give you a peek at the first episode. Here you'll hear Kumail talk a little bit about The Running Man uh, as an adaptation. Uh, and it really is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, you, you guys were saying, or Eric, you were saying that obviously the, the movie and the book are very, very different things, very, very different tones. But in a way, you know, if you're adapting that movie, it would have to be a way bigger budget. Here, they, it's kind of ingenious that it's a game show and sets so that you can sort of change the environment, but it can still look like sets and that's fine. But I think what the, it doesn't get into the environmentalism, but the, wealth disparity stuff and the you know celebrity worship and our love of reality shows and stuff that stuff is still intact so i think in spirit this is a pretty decent adaptation of the movie of the book and what it does is instead of making it very gritty and hard it makes it sort of big and campy and weird and fun it's just a different flavor but it's sort of about the same things thanks for tuning in constant listener and we will see you on the next one